Hello, and welcome to the Gone But Not Forgotten podcast. I'm Audrey Cornell. And I'm Louise Coleman. And today we're going to be talking about the films and life of Whitney Houston. Um, So I guess I could just start off by sharing uh, like our first impressions of her, how we were introduced to her, because I feel like she's a very well-known kind of pop culture icon, but not really for maybe like her best things, if that makes sense. Yeah, especially given our timeline of what we've seen of Whitney, it's yeah, it's not her at her peak. But then I've always known of Whitney, and I know this is going to sound really weird, but at Christmas time, they always play like the Christmas songs. And I think in the UK, I Will Always Love You is technically a Christmas song. I think they like charted at Christmas. So that would always be on. And so the music video is like seeing clips from the bodyguard. So, you know, I knew about that film. Didn't see it, at, didn't see it then, but I always like knew about her and knew about her voice and how like no one could like channel it at all like just knew how good she was and yeah always had her music on but didn't really know a lot about her films until like now <laughs> yeah, okay, nice. you, Audrey? yeah I think I was the same I was like I want to dance with somebody I will always love you everybody knows those but I never really like thought of her I guess um yeah it's just so embarrassing <laughs> but then I started doing research for the podcast and I listened to his eyes on the sparrow from sparkle and it just made me cry and I was like okay I love this woman like <laughs> I'm excited to go into her stuff oh wicked yeah so do you want to just go into her films like we could yeah. just go chronologically talk about that okay. yeah I love it I can't believe this is her debut I know with the bodyguard. no wonder she was what? really scared <laughs> yeah yeah I would be too that so, is so daunting yeah, for those of our listeners who don't know what The Bodyguard is, a film from 1992, Whitney is Rachel Marin. She basically is playing like a version of herself, very famous pop star. And then Kevin Costner is a former Secret Service agent who's hired to look after her because she's getting all these creepy letters and people are like breaking into her house and stuff like that. And of course, it's like a an enemies to lovers type situation where she really doesn't like she doesn't want him to look after her no but then things start to go down oh (laughs) those things go down (laughs) so what did you think about this film just general thoughts going into it I did not expect it to like I thought it was just going to be boring little romance story that's a bit outdated and it hasn't aged well and I was actually under the impression that Whitney was not a good actress in it and that's just from things I've heard. And so I had the bar really low, like really low, especially because as well, I'm not going to lie, I didn't enjoy a lot of her other films. Yeah. So I was a bit like, <laughs> when I say yeah. I don't enjoy them, like, I still love her. I love her so much. 10 minutes went by and it felt like 10 seconds. And I was like, this is amazing. I got really into it. I was so into it that I cried at the end. <laughs> I loved it. So much, so much. And I know she got a Razzie nom for it, but I actually thought she was kind of good. Like, it's all That's good. stupid. It really is. It's so bad. And like, acting alongside Kevin Costner, that's a big deal. Like, a mm-hmm. really big deal. She held her own. I thought she was just really good in it. And I loved it. Brilliant story. I loved it so much. 
I think, like, like, I'll just say it, I'm of the generation that read fan fiction, and <laughs> there's so many fanfics about, like, bodyguards and the in- industry, and so that just got me, like, <laughs> like on a personal level, like, this is everything to me. Like, I just yeah. loved it so I have one complaint. Okay. I wonder if you feel the same way. It's so long. Yeah. It does not <laughs> need to no be over two hours. No. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> I love for no reason and people yeah. are like oh I would have cut when they go to like, the cinema and I was like wait a minute no that's like the best bit that's a good <laughs> go yeah and it's right it's the movie the bodyguard is based off of that movie they go see yeah yeah there's like it's so funny because it's like a really old Japanese film yep so. yeah <laughs> maybe that's why I loved it so much that's like my favorite type of film as well yeah is it like was it Yojimbo? Yojimbo, yeah. Yeah, yeah Which Yojimbo. translates it, to but... the bodyguard, I think. Is it actually? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> See, this film. It's, it's so smart. <laughs> what did you think of it? Before I tell you, I wanted to add a question for you. Yes. Who would you want to be your bodyguard, like a famous Hollywood <laughs> actor? <laughs> Oh my god. Of like any era. Any era. I need someone buff. I need someone hench. And that's why I'm ruling out Timothy. <laughs> yeah. She would be He's a terrible bodyguard. <laughs> you know who I thought of? You know who I thought of? I actually mm-hmm. thought of uh <laughs> I thought of Robert Pattinson. <laughs> he would just weird them out. Like he would just scare exactly. them away. Stare at them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> he wouldn't even need to that. use violence. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> oh my god! Or like Robert Redford in his prime. Oh yeah, that'd be good. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> you need to tell me yours. Oh, maybe like Paul Newman. Oh, <gasps> yes, I love it. I love this for us. Us four. I'll take Robert Redford then. So we've got them from okay. the Okay, nice. <laughs> Perfect. I think um the original casting of Steve McQueen would have been good though too. Uh, yes. Yeah. And who was the woman? Diana Ross. That's incredible. Yeah. I don't know if Insane. I would trust Steve McQueen though. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> know what you mean. Oh, you know he, who would be he's good? He's kind of shifty. Like, oh, yeah, who? Harvey Keitel because he was in the Navy. Come on. He would beat yes. everyone up. Yes. Even nowadays, Harvey Keitel. Yeah, would still he's be scary. Like... <laughs> yeah, oh, I think that yeah. would actually I'm be my pick because he would know you how to use a weapon. Yeah. Oh, he'd have so many <laughs> samurai swords in his mm-hmm. collection. <laughs> but anyway, back to the, to the movie. We're getting sidetracked. Yeah. <laughs> Asking the important questions. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I was pretty mixed on it like I liked a lot of things about it and then I really disliked a lot of things because I think I just really started to feel the length about halfway through (laughs) oh okay we still another hour okay (laughs) Um, for me I would have cut the cabin bit that would have been gone yeah I feel like there was a lot of stuff with Kevin Costner's character that was a backstory that kind of didn't matter yes I remember correctly there's a lot of times when he's not with her and then yeah. it's a bit and I'm just like I don't care 
Yep. Yep. <laughs> but no, I thought Winnie was actually really good. Like I could tell she was nervous, but I thought she did a good job. And the Razzie nomination was uncalled for. Disgusting. So bad. Not good. We um, hate them. We do. Because that was also the same year they nominated Newsies for five Razzies. <gasps> Shut up. Disgusting. Oh, yeah. 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 They're targeting me. That. <laughs> awful. Awful. Yeah. But the bodyguard got seven. The bodyguard. I don't think it, it the won most? any, though. Yeah. No. It was the most. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that bad. Like, it's, it's really not. not. It has a little something for everyone because there's like action, there's romance, there's singing, there's some family drama stuff. I hate it when like he comes to the house and like they're all against him. If you hired him for this job, why are you mm-hmm. fighting it? Like the evil British guy. Oh my god, he's so annoying. <laughs> I was convinced that there was like a snake in the grass. Like I thought one of them was like helping the stalker. Yeah. And as soon too. as I heard that British man, I was like, he's doing it's him, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's not the same Spoiler thing. Alert, he would have been brilliant as a villain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he would have been. But then he just no, he's just mean because he's mean. Yeah. And the actual reveal I thought was I don't want to spoil it, but I just I wasn't yes. very satisfied with it. No, I didn't really understand their motives. Yeah. It's kind of like that thing where like you're watching and it's gotta be someone of the cast, or it's gotta be like so we did see that person that we're trying so hard not to spoil. Yeah. It. <laughs> but I, I couldn't even tell you their name now, I'm not gonna lie. No. <laughs> See, we did see them before, but yeah, it was a bit like I wished it was the red herring, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that would have been good, but then I guess mm-hmm. it's all plot in it. Yeah, but yeah, no, that reveal was bad. Yeah, and I thought Winnie's character was evil, but that's only because the movie kept going on and on, and like she still wasn't trusting Kevin Costner <laughs> or like being safe whatsoever. And so yeah. I think at, after a point, I was like. I not that I want her to die okay that is not what I mean but just like be conscious like a little bit conscious and like aware of what's going on like you are literally getting bombs sent to you I'm sorry and when she even finds out she doesn't realize that he's been in her bed done stuff in her bed and I understand why they kept that from her but when she finds out she's still not on board she goes and performs at that club which I say Queen of the Night great song yeah amazing (laughs) And she looked great in the performance, but like, mm-hmm. come on, maybe lie low a little bit. What mm-hmm. are you doing? Yeah, with that concert especially, there was like nobody protecting her. There were no gates. The crowd was no. just right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then she gets pushed into the crowd as well. I am stressed like Kevin Costner is stressed in this film. <laughs> She's doing nothing to help herself out. <laughs> no. But I think it was also just an unintentionally funny movie sometimes, which made it more entertaining. <laughs> Because there's, I'm sorry, I'm not evil, but like the part where the, they go to the cabin to hide away and the little kid just like gets on a boat for some reason and then Kevin Costner like runs and like shoves the kid off the boat. And I was like, geez, why did he do that? And then the boat blew up. I was like, oh, okay. That makes sense. But But it just looked like he was like, like tackling this child (laughs) i just remember that part where they're like at that party in the hotel and the lady like comes over to him and she was like i've been watching you all night from across the room why don't you go back there keep watching 
also do it oh my god I don't know his performance was really interesting I don't know what I mean by that but I want to study it yeah (laughs) I don't know what he was going for I'm not gonna lie I am not like a Kevin Costner girl I won't lie to you I don't really see the appeal I think I was gonna say I think this is my only one but nope JFK wait oh yeah <laughs> he's not doing too well in my eyes he was a bit wooden at times but i also still really rooted for him and whitney's rachel to get together some people say they didn't have any chemistry but i kind of think they did <laughs> yeah i was surprised so many people on letterbox said they had no tension or anything between them and i was like do we watch the same movie in the letterbox like picture not it's like poster but the picture mm-hmm. and it's them like when they were in the woods and like she's in her like workout gear I can see it in that photo. Like, yeah. I really like them two together. And like you said, it's perfect enemies to lovers. Maybe I just love that trope. But <laughs> I really like them together. I yeah. really did. The relationship wasn't really what I expected. It was like a lot more yeah. sweet. And yeah. she was more the pursuer, I would say. Just thinking about the part where she's going to cut him with the samurai sword. <laughs> If you're going to watch that film and not say that they had any tension, then, like, you just skip over that scene. I'm swooning, like... Oh, and, like, when they danced in the restaurant. Literally, literally got it written down on the notes. Beautiful. Because it was, I will always love you, but a weird... It's like a country version. Yeah. (laughs) It was bad. She improved If it it was Dolly's version, perfect. If it was Whitney's, even more. But, yeah, they were definitely that version for some reason. But... (laughs) I thought it was very sweet. But then mm-hmm. even after that, though, she still doesn't trust him. Like, which is still, she still fights it. And it's just a bit like, come on, girl. Yeah. With him. And I think if maybe they, like, developed her character more so we could understand, like, why she had such severe trust issues, yeah. maybe it would have yeah. made more sense. But that would have worked. So I have a question for you. Ooh, um, okay. Actually, I have two. Why do you think Debbie Reynolds was in this film? <laughs> Audrey, I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. I completely missed her in the film. <laughs> and then the credits rolled and I saw her name. And then I remembered when you watched it and you messaged yeah. me because there's a Louise in it. And I was uh-huh. I looked through the list and then there was a Louise. And I saw Debbie Reynolds. I was like, oh, Debbie Reynolds is in it. I, what bit is she in? She was at the... Oscars as herself she had one scene and I don't know what she said because I just screamed (laughs) I was like oh my god it's Debbie Reynolds and then she just was never in the movie ever again so I actually don't even know what she said (laughs) I'm obsessed that at the Oscars in the film (laughs) the only celebrity they could get was (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was so funny though like they couldn't maybe do five other famous people like they were all just random yes. extras. She couldn't even come on and present with a famous person. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. What? I tried to Google it as well, but nothing came up. So I don't know. Maybe she just showed up to the set one be. day and they were yeah. like. That's so Debbie. <laughs> yeah. She would do that. <laughs> and then my second question was like, what did you think of that whole scenario? Like, for, like getting targeted at the Oscars. I read in a, this is where I get my sources from, IMDb trivia. <laughs> Kevin Costner has stated that he did it, he if he could change an aspect, it would be to not have it at the, at the award ceremony. 
which That's I kind fair. of makes sense. It's a bit, especially yeah. after all that's happened recently at the Oscars and stuff. True. I was thinking like, oh my god, it might like we live through the slap. Yeah, imagine that actually happening as well. That would be like this is not comparable, but just like when Lee Harvey Oswald got shot on live television, like yeah, like people yeah, getting yeah. killed on television is not something you that see. we should see. No. And it felt, I don't want to say dated, because obviously the Oscars are still a thing, but like it did feel a bit like, oh, like that just wouldn't happen. Like it yeah. just wouldn't. Like, how did that guy even get in there with <laughs> yeah, exactly. camera gun? Or... That was kind of clever, actually. Did no one like scan him or anything? Like, yeah. It stressed me out though when Whitney wouldn't read her auto cue. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is awful. <laughs> I'm like, it was giving me like severe anxiety. I hate it. I actually hate it. <laughs> I was also thought it was quite funny that she won the Oscar in the film uh-huh. when, in reality, in the film, she did no campaigning. She lived in a cabin for a couple of days. <laughs> She's down low. How did she win this Oscar? <laughs> That's what? a good question. She <laughs> did nothing whatsoever. No one would have <laughs> submitted her name. <laughs> What do you think about the meta quality of it? I thought it was fun. Yeah. And also, like, true in a way, especially with how famous Whitney was at that point and how secluded she was in real life. And I feel like maybe it was helpful for her to play a role like that. But I wish it had focused more on her music career stuff because to me, that was the most interesting. Yeah. And I liked when they were filming the music video in her mansion and (laughs) she had a couple performances but yeah I don't know maybe it was just like too much was going on and it lost its main goal I think yeah it it kind of showed us like the true horrors of the stalking and fan Mm -hmm. obsession and it didn't I wonder if that's maybe like how we watch it nowadays like everyone's on their phones everyone knows where everyone is we know the the extent of how bad that can go. But in the nineties, they like it wasn't really a threat in a way. But it but it was. But like they probably didn't think it much of the narrative. They put more emphasis on the other stuff. Yeah, because I'm trying to think. There was oh shoot, I can't remember her name. There was an actress who was really young, and she was like just being started out, and she was killed by a stalker. And I feel like that probably happened after this movie came out because I don't know it just was handled a bit insensitively oh it's just some creepy guy writing some silly letters and I don't know just a crazed fan but like that is what's deadly about it yeah like the stakes are high in the bodyguard like really high yeah but then it wait so the stalker wasn't related no, which is so bizarre. Why even put it in the film? Obviously, like, spoilers, and we're not going to spoil yeah. it too much, but, yeah, so he wasn't the one that put the bombs in. Like, he was just obsessed with her. He had that oh. locker. Well, I don't understand it. I don't. What? I really don't get it. Yeah. And he was following them in the car as well, I think. He didn't send the letters, did he? No, I think he did. He did. No, that was... What? Like, yeah. <laughs> I just got off. Like, what? Yeah, because I think the police only got him because they thought he was the killer and then they just let him go because you can't arrest someone for stalking no, at least back not in those days in it yeah. yeah oh yeah definitely let me look sorry i need to look up this case with this actress rebecca schaefer no this was actually the late 80s so 
She was oh, the one that was no. killed by a stalker. He found out where she lived, like through the DMV or something. So I think they had to oh my God. create a law that like the DMV can't just give away people's yeah. information, which I feel like is a given. But... So that actually happened okay. before this movie. So maybe that makes it even worse. Yeah. Yeah. It trivializes it a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Other than all that stuff, like they want to kill her stuff, I think is no. enjoyable and yeah. the performances are good. This is like Whitney in her prime. So. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I think it's very accessible to the modern day yeah. viewer. And I think it's a good thing to watch. Like it's quite iconic in pop culture. The soundtrack it made, beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I think if you're into like 90s stuff, it's definitely like pivotal to the 90s um yeah so yeah i recommend it i know i, I was harping on it but it's fun watch it with it's some fun. people yeah 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 yes yeah i have a feeling that they weren't together oh at the end yeah i like, don't think they, they were the airport. yeah yeah that's what i was thinking yeah okay, me sad. yeah oh, really no. sad <laughs> yeah you have to give up looking after her but uh. No, he's like of this random. Yeah, some random religious man. <laughs> yeah, no, that ended. That ended. No, no, they should have ended it at the airport scene. Yeah. Not there. Leave it open-ended, but on a more positive note. Oh, see, I, I was thinking, like, they could lead the way for a second film. Like, they're in the air- airline hangar a bit, and then they're, like, kissing, and I will always love you, play, and then, like... You zoom out and there's like someone in a car watching them. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> I do know they did want to make a sequel with Princess Diana. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Would you have liked that? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I love Diana. RIP. Yeah. She's my queen. Like, <laughs> The true queen. <laughs> the true queen. Yeah, I hate yeah. Camilla. Oh, I hate it so much. <laughs> As you should. I think that would have been cool. I don't know when they would have made it or like why it didn't really work out, but we were robbed. We were. Oh, <laughs> I know a lot of people think that Whitney and Kenneth Coster should have gotten together, like in real life. Do you? What do you think about that? Could you imagine like the fake like? dating story for the press yeah oh my God. yes yeah well like you know now that I'm obviously I did not know until I watched the biopic which we will talk about like in another episode I didn't know that she was queer I did not know that yeah so if you asked me that question before I watched I'd be like yes Whitney and Kevin my OTP should be together <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm like no she should be she should be with a woman be what she wants yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, that's a really bad error in my book. I just did not know that. I did not know yeah. that. Until literally a couple months ago, which is insane. You could go off of that because <laughs> I did have a question for you about that. So you know her friend Robin, she wrote that book recently. Yeah. And she's talked a lot about their relationship and like she's gone on all these talk shows and things like that. What do you think about all of that? So tricky, isn't it? Like I'm not the biggest fan of it. She's going on all these talk shows writing her own book it's her words and I kind of don't like it because I just Whitney can't I don't want to say defend herself because there's nothing to defend herself from I completely understand but you know like it's just tricky when like you're just taking this narrative from someone that's dead and cannot speak for themselves mm-hmm. and it's kind of makes it a little bit icky I don't like it when people write books 
about people that are no longer with us and it's like they try and do it for like, salacious stuff and I just don't like it it just you shouldn't have to like, sell that part of your life to people but but then on the other hand I also I really like it because it means people know about it like people have to know about this you can't like erase it she was a queer woman we should embrace that yeah I think it's incredible but there's also a reason why maybe she wasn't out and I sometimes we have to respect that like I don't think we should out people yeah after they die it's so tricky isn't it like i don't i'm not against this robin i'm really not like if they were as close as she was and what i see in the biopic i actually really like but yeah just uh, i don't know you shouldn't be like selling stuff to the tabloids like what do you think yeah i agree i love whitney and either way it's who she was but i think since like she didn't ever publicly say anything, then that's her right. I mean, I was even thinking about Elizabeth Taylor at this event in the early 2000s for GLAAD. I think she mentioned that James Dean and Montgomery Clift were gay, but like they never said that. And so I know it's even like 50 years later, but I still think that counts as like outing someone. And um, I know she didn't mean it in a bad way, but I just think just because someone's dead doesn't give you the right to tell something that they didn't tell anybody else, at least publicly. Yes, yes. And I didn't read the book. I did read snippets of it, but it was very like personal and it just made me feel uncomfortable in the sense of, I wouldn't want to read this about anyone. Like it's just a little too in-depth. And I think- if it was like cathartic for Robin, that's great. But I don't know, maybe don't publish it. Yep. Yeah. You write it, write it in like your journal, yeah. you know, your chest. But you, yeah, that's not, it, it loses the heart of it if it's yeah. just sold for money and like stuff like that. Don't like it. Yeah. And she also went on the Wendy Williams show, which is like a big ick for me because Whitney hated Wendy Williams. Why would you even talk to Wendy Williams? I'm sorry. I don't know. Not the most reputable news source. No. I like Wendy for the memes, like the clapper mm-hmm. for care. But other than that, she was normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I know like Bobby Brown also wrote a book, which is Ooh. probably not honest at no. all. So of no. course, I did not read that. But I don't know. I just think it's sad that I know they're maybe Bobby is, but like purposely trying to profit off of her. Is, I think that happens a lot with like more recent celebrities. People just sell anything now. It's quite sad. I don't like this culture of like, oh, I'll write a book about it. And it's like, stop. Or yeah, it's just not good. It's not good. Yeah. I guess we could go into our next, the next film. Yes. Okay. <laughs> So this next one is Waiting to Exhale, which came out in 1995. It was directed by Forrest Whitaker. We have Whitney, Angela Bassett, Loretta Devine. So it's pretty iconic cast. Um, Oh, yeah. This one's about these four friends who are really struggling with their relationships with men there's not much of a plot beyond nope, that. Nope. <laughs> so yeah, it's I guess so you can true, just get into it. It starts 
up so strong. Can I just say that? It really does. And I love like how it introduces each of the women. They're, they are quite like iconic in their own right. Like I, I'm obsessed with Loretta Devine's character. Gloria. Uh, Gloria. Gloria, yeah. yes. Love her. But <laughs> Angela Bassett stole the show. I have to say it. She did the thing. Like... <laughs> I was like I'm not gonna say it but you did (laughs) (laughs) it had to be me in it like Angela Bassett 100% did the thing in the film like she is iconic in there she burns her like husband's car but yeah no like you said there's literally no plot like it's just them going through life and I'm not gonna lie like it's I don't know it didn't really work for me I can totally understand the appeal and I I like I get it I get why people would like it but I thought there was something missing I just wasn't engaged at all. No, I felt the same. Yeah. It was so dated, like even for the 90s, it was about all of these women who make the worst life choices possible. (laughs) Yep. Then there's some homophobia for no reason. And then the men are terrible, but not even in a realistic way. Yeah. I don't know. It was just really off. Yeah, it wasn't right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Can I just say, in defense, Loretta Divine Character Gloria does not say the F slur. I can tell her for that. Yeah. She refuses to say it. And I'm like, yes. The bar is low, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Yeah. That was weird. I don't know why they put that in there because her husband was gay and then she accidentally outed him to her son yes played by the guy who's in clueless i'm scrubs he's in scrubs <laughs> oh yeah nice i didn't finish the movie i got like halfway through so i don't know how that turned out but it just didn't really seem to matter that much to the story oh, yes. that her husband was yeah. gay. did you see her meet that other guy no she meets another oh okay it's quite i do quite like him she meets a man who i actually recognize it's gregory hines but he's like a dancer, but I think yeah, I've seen him he was in the preacher's wife. Was he? Like, yeah. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. He was like, yeah. he was wearing a suit. He's in like, the boardroom. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the like, a really rich guy. Yes. My biggest thing for this film is that you can tell it's directed by a man. If it was directed by a woman, I just think it would have been so much better. It's just very like these women need a man in their lives to get by. Oh no, that's not right. That's yeah. not what you do. You don't, that's not the way to live. No. I was reading some reviews and people were like, it's not a feminist film if the story centers around men. And I 100% agree because they literally only talk about men. I don't even think it passes the Bechdel test. Oh my God, you're so right. Yeah. Literally everything is about men. Every single thing. Yeah. And for no reason, because these men are like Satan I don't know why they're like trying so hard. And then I hated how hypocritical Angela Bassett's character was because she was mad, rightfully so, that her husband was cheating on her and was going to leave her for another woman. But then she was the other woman in a situation with a married man and like his wife was dying. Oh my God. Also, I don't even think Angela Bassett was good in that situation because she wasn't even hating on the man that much. She slapped the woman. And she was having a go at her. Yeah. Like, and it was Kelly yeah. Preston. Don't I, slap Kelly Preston. No. <laughs> I feel like this movie hated women. But it's like about yeah. women. And I feel like that's not really yeah. helpful in terms of being progressive, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, I know what you mean. And even between these supposed friends, like they were just so mean to each other. Yeah, like gossipy and stuff. Yeah. I think of the hair salon scene. I think Robin, who was my least yeah. favorite of the four, mm-hmm. and she was like trying to get on the phone to Andrew Bass's character. But I don't know, it just it wasn't from a way of love. Like she wasn't trying to offer condolences and be like there for her. Mm-hmm. She just wanted to get like the goss. Yeah. Not right. Yeah. And it's not even really about their friendship anyway, which I think is like why it didn't work for me either. Because I thought it was going to be about that, but it was just yeah about men. We get one scene where they have a sleepover together. And that's when I like actually believe they were friends. And then Whitney was like, not really in it as much as I thought she would be. Yeah. Um, but she didn't really stand out to me, like, positively or negatively. And yeah, I completely agree. that She held her own. Like, yeah, like you said, she didn't, like, completely stand out. At least from what I saw, like, she didn't really have a plot line. No, like, no. Other than looking for working her. at a radio. <laughs> Which is cool, but then, like, they That's didn't so do cool. anything with that. Or no, it was, exactly. like, a TV station or something. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> And then her mom was calling her and was like, I want you to have an affair with this married man. <laughs> Jesus. What is going on? Is... Oh so, my god, this film. I could see the movie appealing to people that are obsessed with soap operas. I've never yeah. seen it, but probably like Days of Our Lives or something. Where it's like everything yeah. is about romantic relationships between awful people. <laughs> That's so awful. <laughs> I'd be curious to and read like the book, though, because it's written by a woman. So Interesting. And it's, like, super highly acclaimed. So I don't know. Maybe there's just an issue translating it. Yeah. There was a lot of those where they were just, like, talking out loud, monologuing stuff. All of it was narration. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I just, I hate it because they were all, like, philosophical but they were saying it out loud which is like weirder to me than just if it's a voiceover I think the I don't want to be mean to Forrest Whitaker but I'm gonna say the laziest form of storytelling when you're doing a book adaptation is narration because Mm -hmm. obviously a book is narration like in a way like Twilight do it with Bella's narration and it's oh my god come on you don't need this (laughs) you don't need this and they're like I don't know I love narration but it's like tongue-in-cheek but also you should have one narrator and there's four. <laughs> yeah. Moving to our next film, which is like, we finally get someone working with the female director. And one of my favorites. Yes. Marshall. Yep. We have yep. The Preacher's Wife. And this is a remake of The Bishop's yes. Wife, which is from the 40s. Yes. And it's translated to modern, not modern, but like 90s. <laughs> it's modern. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it came out. Yeah. Oh my god, I just um, realized something with this film. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry, oh, I'm getting ahead. too excited. You're narration, good. that's not annoying. <gasps> yep. Sorry, I know how to do it. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> so yeah, basically it's about like this preacher, his wife is played by Whitney, and then they have a son, Jeremiah. And oh, so cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so they're all really involved with the church. But, like, her husband's a little too involved. And so he's not paying attention to his family. And just things are not going well. And so one day they're visited by an angel, Dudley, played by Denzel Washington. 
and he's just trying to help them find the joy in their marriage and like their family environment and then also help out with the church and things like that because the church is going to be bought by this rich guy by Gregory Hines just a morality tale very I would say it harkens back to like old Hollywood films yeah but not in a bad way I liked it it was like yeah positive but still set in some form of reality yes completely agree it's a good one for me it's a little bit too sweet for my taste dare I say preachy (laughs) (laughs) it was sweet sweet. yeah I believe I've got the same character played by Cary Grant and Denzel oh my god I know right perfect (laughs) Denzel and this oh it's so perfect oh my god I love it but then sorry I've got so many notes because I'm just not if anything get out Kevin Costner I want Whitney with Denzel (laughs) I think he was married though I know damn it (laughs) (laughs) no it was really good in it and um just yeah a really sweet film Christmas film Christmas Mm -hmm. film watch at Christmas I feel like that would be a great one to revisit in that time and Whitney is just oh mothering in it yeah she is beautiful in it we get her we get to hear her sing gospel it's amazing the film opens on her singing that's, that's what i want in a film of whitney houston yeah that's what we need but um, yeah really nice it's really just sweet it's a sweet yeah. film I've, I've got no qualms of it like it was all right it was okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you i actually love this movie it was like yeah. up my alley i think yeah. and like weirdly I think this is my first Denzel Washington movie, which is embarrassing. Wow. Because it's a very un-Denzel Washington part. I liked him in it, though. I'll probably have to check out more of his stuff. I think he's one of the best. Like, he is one of the greatest actors. Okay, I'm nice. Oh, you should watch Philadelphia. He's very good at that. Oh, I love Denzel. (laughs) Denzel and Whitney, what? Yeah. I love to hear that you really enjoyed this film. Yeah, me too. Because the other ones I wasn't so hip on. So I was like, I'll take one. (laughs) Oh, that's wicked. Um, That's wicked. Yeah. And also the guy that plays the preacher, I only have seen him in another film where he plays the mean preacher. Let it shine, which is one of the best decoms. So he's he's the mean preacher. (laughs) I love it for him. But I thought he was good in this too. Of course, like I didn't agree with a lot of the things his character did, but I could see where he was coming from. So I thought they presented him in a pretty realistic light where it's like you can understand why he's doing some of the things, but he's just not like dealing with it in the right way. Yeah. And then Whitney, of course, is the highlight of the film. And she won the NAACP award for best actress. And rightfully so. Like, I I think she knows she's confident as an actress. Mm -hmm. She's got two films under her belt already. And I think it definitely showed that she was like stepping into her own. Yeah. She's like the heart of it. Yeah. Like, I know Dudley's kind of meant to be like that. But for me, it's Whitney. Like, she's so lovely with her son. She's a loving wife. I just think she's brilliant in it. I really love her. Also, Jennifer Lewis as a mum, brilliant. Yeah. (laughs) She was actually stole the show for me. Oh, yeah. I love when she was watching Miracle on 34th Street. She's crying. Oh, my God, it's Natalie Wood. (laughs) That's amazing. I think there's 
the clipping is Natalie on the stair. So like we got mm -hmm. Natalie in that film. Come on. I gotta love it. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was nice to see her, to see Whitney have more like agency within a film and kind of yeah. play like a fully dimensional character. Because even in The Bodyguard, I still felt like she was just playing like the diva singer, you know. I mean, I still think she did a great job, but yeah, just definitely like more confident in yeah. her abilities. And also I was thinking like, I, I'm not a religious person and I don't really like religious music, but I was like, I'll listen to it for Whitney. Yes, yeah. <laughs> she will convert me. But, um... <laughs> Church of Whitney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know you think it, it's like too sweet, but I think it was so dealing with some relevant topics. I mean, like the kid that got uh, arrested because they thought he was the one that robbed the store and like the church being like the center of their community and like it will fall apart if it yeah. gets torn down so yeah I love a community gets together storyline yeah like <laughs> how did this compare to the bishop's wife yes so I actually I think I gave them oh wait no technically I rated the bishop's wife higher oh okay uh, oh they do the same ice skating like, <gasps> scene Oh, yeah, there's both <laughs> ice skating scenes in the films. It's so difficult, obviously, because I just love Harry Grant so much. So it's, and I love Denzel, but like, Harry's my boy. I think they're both quite. The Preacher's Wife isn't like the same carbon copy of The Bishop's Wife, which is good. Mm -hmm. And they both are separate, if that makes sense. Like they actually, I don't know what the word is, but yeah, like it's not like a complete copy, which is like perfect. Sometimes with like reboots, like, or reboots? Is it a reboot? Remake. Like, yeah. Remake, that's it. <laughs> With a remake, like they will just seem to see. And so this mm -hmm. one did do that, which I thought was really nice. But yeah, they're both, I think, I I would recommend both of them, like a little double feature. Like yeah. it's really good. In The Bishop's Wife, though, there's a thing. I wish they had this in The Preacher's Wife. So in The Bishop's one, Harry Grant, it's amazing. I don't know how they did it, but he lights up this Christmas tree, but like he like does it with his mind, like all the lights appear and stuff. Oh. Which is like insane for that time. Yeah. Should have had that. Should have had that in the in <laughs> wife. I watched an interview that Whitney did where she said that Loretta Young's character kind of didn't exist out of like just being the wife character. And so yeah. she wanted to be able to like create her more as like having her own identity. Ooh. So she liked that she was the head of the church choir and yes, all the scenes with her son and things like that. So I don't know if you noticed that either, like having a bit she's, more she's so do. much more as like a woman 100 even like when she goes to the like bar with dudley and she sings and stuff and like obviously her husband's not very happy with that but i just thought that was so good to show her like that as well with it like she's having fun she looks great in that dress as well oh my yeah. god yeah stunning <laughs> but but yeah no, she had way more to do in the bishop's wife yeah no all loretta young does is just hang out with carrie it's weird <laughs> Like, oh <laughs> leave him alone <laughs> that would probably be you though oh 100 <laughs> in both versions but no this film is great it's like honestly i know it doesn't have that mantle but it shouldn't be seen as oh a remake the bishop's wife like it deserves its own like love in its own way because it's, yeah. it's really nice really good yeah. i love that you brought up the scene where she sings because then they like cut to the shot of denzo watching her and i'm like that's me whenever i yes watch her sing yes yeah. <laughs> She's just so happy when they make her sing. <laughs> yeah, me too. I could, I'll probably rewatch this 
every other Christmas or something like that. So yeah, I think yeah. that'd be lovely to watch at Christmas time. Like yeah. you had all the decorations on. Oh, that's gonna be lush. Yeah, that's a Christmas watch for sure. What did stand with Penny Marshall's films for you? Ooh, okay. Actually, Ryan Cars's Boys number one. Nice. Then Awakenings. Then Preacher's Wife. Then The League of Their Own. And then Big. I think. So I, I just that. have two if I want to complete her filmography. So I might do that at some point. I think you should. Yeah. God, her stories are amazing though. Her films are brilliant. I mean, they're all like, good. I didn't. I even like yeah. Big, despite the. It's just that one thing. It's just a bit. He's a kid. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, but I love like the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. we love our Whitney. Yeah, oh, perfect in this film. I love yeah. her. Yeah, her best performance for me. What about you? I actually no. I'm think. I think so oh. too. Oh, okay. I, I think if I have to rank it with something else, I love her as we will get into it. But I love her as Terry Goldmember. But yeah, in the Bodyguard, she's still trying to find her feet. Waiting to excel did not do anything for her. This is the one. Yeah, which is why when she comes into her own as an actress, and I thought she was actually very good. Because yeah. that's the first, that was the first one I watched of hers. Oh, okay. And I had all these notions in my head that she was a bad actress. And I watched it, I was like, oh, I don't think yes. she is. Like, <laughs> not. No, yeah. And it just disappointed me because so many people on Letterboxd are really mean to her in that film. Yeah. And like say yeah. she's bad. No, she's not. Yeah. I'm just like, don't watch and it. Exactly. Stop. Turn it off. Yeah. Like, I think that's perfect in terms of if you want to see her act and sing. Yeah. Okay, should we do Cinderella? Should we do Cinderella? Oh okay. my god, yes. <laughs> so this so, was TV. Yeah. It was, yeah. For oh, ABC. Nice. Mm, 1997. I think it was the first film Whitney produced. She has a big career of producing films mm-hmm. after this, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, so everyone knows what Cinderella is about. I don't need to explain that. But this one's just updated. We've got Whoopi Goldberg, Bernadette Peters, Brandy, Victor Garber, and then uh, the guy Jason from Alexander. Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can I just say, when the film starts, right, mine, it starts with Whitney singing Impossible, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But then it says the cast in alphabetical order. And I had no idea who was in this film. Apart from like Brandy and Whitney and the guy that plays Prince Charming, something Montalban, what's his name? Oh yeah, Paulo, I think. Yes. So it says all oh, the cast in alphabetical order, and so the first one was Jason Alexander, and I like, <laughs> screamed. I'm like, what? <laughs> I felt so bad for him in this movie though, because they were using him as like a human punching bag for no they were reason. So mean to him. Yeah. <laughs> He's fallen on the floor. They walk over him. Like, yeah. Like, well, Whoopi pushed him, like, off a ladder. Off and the then ladder. she stepped on him. <laughs> it's for, Whoopi. Whoopi can do what? whatever she wants. True. <laughs> so I think this, we're mixed on this one. This okay. Because okay. I didn't like it. Interesting. Tell me more. I don't like Cinderella. I think it's a pretty boring fairy tale. Yeah. And they didn't like do that much with it that was different in terms of plot. The costumes looked really awful. And I was like, they gave Whitney one costume. And why was it that one? (laughs) They didn't do a good job like complimenting any of the actors like body shapes or their, what is it called? Everyone has 
colors that suit them. Yes. Yes. I don't know what that's called, but I just feel like they didn't really like fit that for all the actors, except I did really like Brandy's Cinderella dress with the blue eyeshadow. Yeah. I didn't think about that actually. Like, it's first of all, it's amazing that they had cast of like actors of different sizes and shapes. And um, yes, but they did not enhance that very well. No. Those dresses were ugly. They <laughs> were. Even like the stepsisters, it's okay if they're tacky, but I just yeah. thought they went overboard. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think about Brandy? I let out because I think I might be on the same page <laughs> yeah I think she's a good singer I just don't think she's an actor and that's okay because she's a singer <laughs> yes. yes and I don't think her voice fits the songs I just don't think she's a good casting choice but I love like that she and Whitney became like really close friends and that she got to work with her idol and things like that what about you Yes, for me, the only weak spot was Brandy. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. Yeah. But she's just a bit like, she's too nice in it. She's too nice. Cinderella is too nice of a character. And it just gets a bit like, oh, just don't let these people walk all over you. Yeah. They're so mean to her. And she just wants to kill them with kindness every time. And it just gets a bit old. And I think I'm with you. Cinderella as a story is so boring I'm sorry I'm so over it like (laughs) just so many versions yeah why are there like 20 versions it's just accessibility like it's just such an everyone knows the story which has so many plot holes as well like I know I know this is old and this isn't original but like how did her shoe fall off (laughs) (laughs) if it fits perfectly exactly like it well, just annoys me and, and also oh my god sorry i'm getting on the tangent but like <laughs> how did prince charming not know who brand like he's putting shoes on like, white women yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> like what <laughs> kudos great for not seeing race but like, come on man one of her sisters is tall way taller than him it's obviously not gonna be her like mm-hmm. what are you even things like that always annoy me like, yeah i guess like you're going into cinderella you're gonna get what you're given but yeah <laughs> Story-wise, it's not the best one. <laughs> no. I will say, in, at least into the woods, like, she loses the shoe because there's, like, tar on the steps. And so it gets stuck. Okay. So that makes sense. But I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. I was also thinking, oh, maybe it's because it's midnight and, like, her dress is going, but then her mm-hmm. shoes would also disappear. So it yeah, can't be true. Why well, was, yeah, the magic didn't have rules. <laughs> I really should not be like it because I actually love this film but I should not be like <laughs> don't like analyze mental. it <laughs> <laughs> I should just take it like yeah I think it just if you're a kid you're probably gonna like it but I don't know it's not really for anyone probably above the age of 10 <laughs> which is not a bad thing meow <laughs> <laughs> I mean like target audience I'm sure yeah, like totally adults get, love it. it. And of course that's great. Yes. And I'm not, sorry, I'm not being mean to you, but I just think <laughs> if don't go into it expecting like a deep plot or like intricate yes, characters, yes. things like that. Yeah. It's be it's very silly. Yeah. And sometimes, especially with what happens with like Jason Alexander's character, like it's very slapsticky and I mm. don't know, sometimes that gets very boring. So that'll fit. I'm a bit like, yeesh, on. Yeah. What do we think about Whitney? What do you think about Whitney? I really liked her and I was really upset she had three scenes. Don't even. Yeah. She was the best part of Wasted. the movie. 
Yeah. Yes. She's the perfect fairy godmother. Yes. She's yes. perfect. Sassy. I loved not her outfit, but I loved her hair and I loved her makeup. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just, yeah, I want Whitney Houston to be my fairy godmother. Yes. Of course. Like perfect casting. Yes. What about you? Loved her in it. I like, I really like this film. I think I just, I don't really, I wasn't expecting to like it, like at all. But yeah, I think Whitney's brilliant in it. But we did need more. We needed more. Yeah. The Impossible yeah. Song was incredible. And I actually didn't know it was from that film. So I love oh. that. And I liked it when he sang together. Like, oh. Yeah. I love her. And Brandy, I love their whole. I wish, though, I wanted to see Whitney and Jason Alexander interact with each other. <laughs> or Whitney and Whoopi, like anyone. Yeah. Oh my God, please. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Like end credit <laughs> scene of Whitney and Jason Alexander. <laughs> she would be nice to him. She would she'd be the only one. And oh my god, then perfect couple. <laughs> we'll just ship it over everyone. She's yeah. but I would have thought you would have liked this film. I really did. I thought I would too. So I yeah, yeah. I was disappointed. Oh, I'm sorry. But you were unexpectedly you unexpectedly loved the preacher's wife. So True. that's good. Yeah. We'll take that. Whitney's next film didn't come out until over 10 years later. And so there was like this really long stretch of time. And this was like when a lot of things like started happening that is probably what she's most known for. Um, And I remember I watched, there were a lot of like skits that people did like Saturday Night Live and all these other comedy shows where they were like making fun of her and especially like that Diane Sawyer interview that she did and I was just wondering like what you think of that especially since she was still alive not that it's okay now but yeah it's literally just maddening because it wasn't a it wasn't like a secret about her like drug addiction and her the problems she was going through so can you just imagine that people just taking the mick out of stuff like that that's just insane it's just inhumane it's evil and like for her to still be alive as well. And obviously when I say that, it sounds like it's okay if she's dead. It's not but like she's alive and she's seeing that. There's no empathy like there at all. It's just yeah. horrid. I hate it. Yeah, just so nasty. But that's yeah. the, I think, obviously I can't speak for what happened in the TV in the 20th century, but like that period, early 2000s was like the worst, probably the worst time ever to be alive as a female celebrity. Cause like all the tabloids had you, all the gossip columns. Like, there was no no escape from this harassment that she was getting from, like, the media. And it just, oh, it just, it makes me so angry because, obviously, they they didn't have a hand in her death, obviously. But it's like, that would have pushed someone. And it's just so evil for, like, one of the greatest singers that we'll ever see to be ruined by that. And it just it makes me so mad. It's just so angry. It's just disappointing. Like, she does not deserve any of this. No. Yeah, it's what just do you so... Think? I hate it. I don't think it's funny. Yeah. I don't think that's comedy. No. Making fun of not someone is not... It's not dark humor. I don't know. People just yes. try to, like, excuse it. I think that's how I knew her for a while, was, like, through how she died and, like, her drug addiction. And um, it was part of who she was but like why is that a legacy yes yeah yeah and the mid-2000s sucked like, no <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah like 
I mean, we talked about this in the Brittany Murphy episode yeah. with the press was merciless and yeah. it wasn't even news really. It was just people being really mean to famous people. Yeah. Horrid. So, and I think it's like beating someone while they're down. Yeah. She was at her lowest. I'm sorry. She was, she's not in a good space. She's quite ill as well. She couldn't really sing how she used to. And then to get that hate hatred from the media and all that mockery it's not going to help someone at all no horrific it's actually insane that was aired on like things like snl or such like an institution like it's just mad yeah i mean she was on there is that yeah yeah so they've gone from respecting her and having her like she wasn't like a guest was it was just on that skit wasn't it did she host it or did she sing no she's just musical guest just musical but she should have hosted you should have hosted, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, how could you have someone on there who you look up to and stuff and then just treat her like a joke yeah. in the years to come? It's just insane. I've noticed a lot of similarities between her and Judy Garland like in their later career. And I just think their lives were so different, but they met like some of the same crossroads. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think like the music industry just, is not kind to women especially or even just anyone who uses drugs I just don't really understand why that's such a like why does that make you a bad person we should look at like rehabilitation and stuff not picking her out yeah so I don't know I just think the way people view drug use and drug addiction and like people who use drugs is still very harmful and there's such a stigma against those people. And I don't know if it will ever change, but I just hope, like, looking at some of these stories, we can understand it's not something to blame someone for or hate someone for. So do you think, even, like, today, have we gotten better as a society? I don't know. I don't think we have. Because I almost feel like it's considered cool, again, to do drugs. Yeah, which is also the wrong way to go. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's just going in a different direction, but still a bad one. Yeah, still not looking at it and how to treat it. Like, yeah. And I think we still look at people who used to do them like in a bad way. So I don't think like the mindset has changed either. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if that would ever happen. Would that be possible? I just think it's such a different viewpoint in it. Ah, it's tricky. Because, yeah, you've got to ask yourself, why are they doing the drugs? But then I don't have a lot of time for smokers. Is that yeah. not the same thing? It's a, it's a thing. Yeah. You will never know it until you're in it. Yeah. So, yeah, you should never, like, throw stones and stuff. Maybe just remember or think about them through what they would want you to remember them for. Yes, don't put Whitney's life into what happened to what the press made of her like she was so yeah. much more yeah in that time though she was producing films mm-hmm. at least yeah I mean, oh, that's like, really good she was out there the cheetah girls best come film. on <laughs> come on the first two I don't talk of the third one <laughs> she wasn't involved no, here's in that the, one <laughs> she was involved in that one I've only seen the one where they go to India okay that's the third one <laughs> and it's bad so I'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think the second one's actually my favorite. Oh, okay. Who's your favorite cheetah girl? I don't know because they all 
like they all annoy me but I also love all of them <laughs> I love that no, that's like a perfect answer <laughs> but I think um Dorinda might be my favorite okay because she's the underdog okay <laughs> Who's your that, favorite? That's not Raven, is it? She, no. I only know Raven. Okay. okay. Yeah. She's, I watched I love, that Sir Raven. But... I love that Sir Raven. <laughs> right? It's, like, that oh was the God, best era the story. channel. We went to Florida in 2004. So I was five. And maybe was it? I can't find the picture. Maybe it was 2005 and I was six. But, so I don't actually remember it at all, which is sad. But oh. so my parents should never have taken me there. But <laughs> we're in, it was in Florida. And there was a massive line. And we're like, what is? What are they queuing up for? And it was an autograph on a photo with Raven. Oh my but god! At that point, we did not know who she was. Like, we have no idea. So we didn't line up. We just Dang went it. on our own day. And then, and then yeah, that's Raven, best show ever. My childhood. Like, <laughs> you missed your back. opportunity. I'm actually gutted. Like, I'm actually gutted. Oh. <laughs> so whenever like that's Raven would be on, like, mum would always just mention us. <laughs> Remember that time when you didn't get to meet Raven? <laughs> Please, stop reminding me. <laughs> I think her character in the Cheetah Girls is like the worst one, though, because she's so mean. But I love I Raven. Do, I might have to watch it. I might have to watch it again. Yeah, we should watch them. At least the first two. Yes. Yeah, we don't need the, yeah, no, we don't need the first one. But she also did Princess Diaries, which it's not fond memories. I've seen them, but like... literally, I, I yeah, I don't think I've seen it from like start to finish. It's just amazing these all women-led films, yeah, and a lot of women of colors in it, and it's just beautiful. Yeah, I love Whitney for doing that. Yeah, yeah, I love that she got to do that because I think that meant a lot to her, and she can still be creative, but without having to be in the film. Just try something out because I think producing, from what I understand of it, I don't understand a lot, but <laughs> it sounds like something that would suit her really well. Yes. Sort of being in charge. Um, and, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we could go to Sparkle if you want. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm so intrigued about what you think about Sparkle. Yeah. I have thoughts. You have thoughts. Okay. Good. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, this is, she also produced this one. It came out in 2012, so it was her last movie. It's about three sisters, played by Jordan Sparks, Carmen Jogo, and Tika Sumpter. And it's set in the 60s. It's just about, like, they are sort of in this girl group that's not really, like, a large part of the plot, which I thought it would be. Same, same actually. Yeah, so it's just about like their family stuff. Whitney plays their mom. Also, once again, like lots of annoying men. Oh, so even. It's not what I thought it would be about. So yes. my yeah. expectations were dashed from the get-go. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Weird film. Very weird film. Very yeah. weird. Yeah, it's it's not like it, but it's in the same vein of Dream Girls, but it's just not very okay. good. Like, I haven't seen Dream Girl. But neither I have I. Feel like I, oh. <laughs> I feel like I should, though. Okay. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's like the best song ever. Like, <laughs> how have I not heard, how have I not watched that yet? Like, I mean, it's, it's one of my favorite songs. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, this film, I don't know. It's a bit... I liked what it was trying to do, but it didn't execute it very well. It was, and I am sorry, this is the worst word ever, but it was a bit cringe. Oh my god, it was. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't really. She was better than I thought she'd be, but I didn't like Jordan Sparks in this film. Me neither. No. Yeah. No, it's just not her wheelhouse. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, she's not the best. No. She's very just one note her character. Like mm-hmm. she wants to she wants to write songs and get out of her house. It's just a bit like, oh, I don't know, it's not very Yeah. <laughs> <It's> not... <laughs> it felt super two thousand eleven, which is when yes. they filmed it. Yeah. With like she's kind of like, Oh, I'm the indie singer and no one likes me and I wear glasses and yes. Yes. <laughs> and I'm so shy. <laughs> But it's set in sixties. It was did not feel like a period film. The costumes no. did not no. fit that setting. The music does no. no, not at all. Oh, it's in Detroit, Detroit, nineteen sixty eight. Okay, okay. But like also, in the sixties, there's nothing culturally happening when that's a very important time. Obviously, the civil rights movement at that age was like massive Mm -hmm. and there's no mention of it whatsoever i think they mention something once yes at the dinner table like the awkward dinner and then martin luther king jr is on the tv a couple times yes no you're very right yes but that's it so yeah (laughs) it just like the it felt like it was in this weird time limbo it was bothering me so much. I think they should have just stuck to modern yeah. day since they didn't add anything about yeah. the time that it was supposed to be set in. Yes. Yeah. 100% agree. But yeah. That we've not mentioned, though, with all this negativity, is Whitney. True. I think Whitney's good in this. I yeah. really do. Yeah. I really do. Once again, kind of a meta role. She's playing... This singer who grew up in a church and they imply that she was famous at one point and it ruined her. There are some lines in there that kind of hit hard. No, and it's her last film and you you watch it with a different lens and it did, yeah, I know she didn't look all together that she was there. I I think she was the best part of the film, but yeah, it was... It's sad to see in it, like the, the sparkle's not really in her eye anymore, and it just sucks. Yeah, but yeah, she was the best part of the movie, and I mean, she was mean, but so <laughs> mean. Like... But come on, I love it. Like it's okay. <laughs> she was looking out for her daughter. She was looking out for them, and I thought yeah. that final scene of her and Sparkle was brilliant. Yeah, when she gives her the dress. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> Sweet. The family stuff was interesting, but they didn't really do a lot with that because everybody was right and wrong. That added some interesting conflict. Yeah. But it also just felt so cliche at the same time. You've got like the rebellious sister who everybody thinks is like a slut or whatever. You have the middle child who has like no purpose in the film. (laughs) overlooked yeah and then of course we talked about sparkle and then you have the overbearing mother and then the weird he's like a comedian but why was he so popular and famous like within the music industry (laughs) and he was of course 
awful. And there's the quirky love interest. So yeah, I just think they didn't develop the characters past those cliches. Exactly. Like, obviously, this isn't a fun thing to talk about. I would like a little trigger warning. So the older sister does get hit by her partner. But even that's not done well. Like, it's really exploitative. Yeah, I hated how they handle that. Maybe they didn't have to show it or something. Like, we can understand if she comes to rehearsal with bruises or something. I think this film just wanted to be loads of, wanted to throw loads of stuff in that Mm. didn't really work very well. When, in fact, the only conflict they could have had was from their mum, was from Whitney. That would have been okay. Yeah. Trying to get out of your house, but you still love your mum, but you also want to pursue your dreams. That's Mm. enough in itself. If Sparkle was an only child, I think that would have been perfect. It's just complicated things. Because the sisters didn't really have an identity like outside of being her sisters. Dee wanted to be a doctor, which is cool, but they yes. didn't really explore that they, very much. And also, like, we, after a point, we don't ever see her again. No, like, <laughs> she just disappeared. Did she become a doctor? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and then, no, of course, sister. Her name is Sister. I forgot about that. I think her real name's Tammy, actually. So I'll call her Tammy so we don't get confused. Okay. She's just like the one who get lost into the world of like drugs and abusive men and stuff like that which definitely does happen within the music industry yes but you have to handle it with care and with sympathy and I felt like they were like oh look how sad and beat up she looks and yeah um, they made it look like a villain in a way for doing that and I also thought it was really exploitative of her body because I think it's one thing for her to be like comfortable within her body, but then the camera was like just showing her butt for five seconds. And I don't know, to me, that kind of like translates differently because it's like she's being forced to be looked at rather than wanting to be looked at, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, I said that. That's not all. And I think they were trying to be like, wow, how did she go from this really attractive woman to this really sad yeah. woman that no one wants to touch so it's like okay this right. is weird yeah it's so weird I don't like it no. nasty it really is yeah but honestly I know it's not a very good film but like I do want to just say that I do like Whitney in it like, I think mm. she did a good job me too very good job yeah still love her I mean that Eye of the Sparrow song <gasps> is the best part of the entire oh movie so just watch yes. that on YouTube <laughs> yes and it comes out of nowhere i was not expecting it it's beautiful i'm so glad we got that like we, yeah. we got another singing role <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it doesn't happen until like halfway through so you might as well just watch that <laughs> exactly yeah yeah oh, don't put yourself for it no <laughs> the dinner um, table scene though is also she does do quite well in that one as well i know it's a bit uncomfortable to watch yeah. But there's just something about family dinner table scenes and films. Like, they're always just so good. If it could have followed that, like, drama aspect, it would be perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's just, like we said, it tried too much to put too many issues in. It's so hard. The yeah. songs aren't very good. And I don't know. No, they're nothing. They're, there's a brilliant Nina Simone needle drop in it, though, on mm-hmm. Feeling Good. Yeah. And that's the only bit that I was like, oh, yeah, I was feeling myself for that song. <laughs> After that song played, I was like, this is the best song ever. But that needle drop was perfect. Yeah. That's what you should have done with music from that era. Yeah. I know I, I've hated on all of these films except for one, but 
the thing is like Whitney is awesome in all of them like she's definitely the highlight in all of these films and I would recommend watching all of them except Sparkle for her because you're going to get your time's worth so I'm not hating on her at all but it's just so disappointing like she couldn't have been in some better films and really been able to show off some other sides of her abilities which I think we'll probably get into with our fan casting yeah yeah did you have any other thoughts about any of these films or I think what you've said is perfect like and I know we say this a lot so a lot of our subjects we've spoken about we always say they're the best part of the film but like they actually are like they really are (laughs) we're not lying (laughs) no (laughs) and I know Whitney's only in five this does suck but at least over half like three out of five I'd say are worth it yeah definitely and it's just it's easy watching as well like it's just nice to put on you put the preacher's wife on it's just you're gonna get a lovely little tail you put the bodyguard on you're gonna have fun cinderella hopefully (laughs) (laughs) don't feel like me yeah it's just nice and also you get to hear a scene like come on who wouldn't want to do that and i also yeah (laughs) there's so much stuff out there of her like music videos interviews behind the scenes stuff on YouTube, like just go watch that stuff. It'll be fed for a long time. What is your favorite Whitney song? I don't know. I didn't really have time to listen to her songs like outside of the soundtracks, but I like How Will I Know. That one's fun. In The Preacher's Wife, the one she's saying at the bar or the restaurant. What's that called? I Believe in You and Me. Beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) What about you? My favorite is the greatest love of all. That's a good one. Classic. Yeah. And I only liked it because a couple years ago I watched a film called Tony Erdman, and it's like this like German film or something, and she sings it in it, like not Whitney, like the actress in it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, like I knew obviously knew of the song, but like I was like, oh my god, yeah, this is like a great song. And then just yeah, (laughs) been on repeat ever since. Like nice. But I also like I have nothing as well. Oh yeah, that's a good one. And I will always love you. Oh, God, I can't choose. (laughs) (laughs) They're just all good in their own way. They're all brilliant. Yeah. I think I like her ballads more. Okay, yeah. Just because I love her voice and I think it, like, shows it. But obviously all her pop songs as well are just brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sticking with Greatest Love of All. Okay. Nice. (laughs) And I butcher it every time I sing. (laughs) You have a good point, though, with, like, her pop stuff. I don't know if that's really what she wanted to sing. Yes. And so I feel bad that, like, she wasn't able... So really, she was later, but I think I gospel mean, was like, more her calling. That was more her thing, yeah. Because I, I wanted to dance with somebody. It was like one of her first songs, wasn't it? So it was in her, it's her completely... second album, but yeah. Her second album, yeah. yeah. That was definitely what the label wanted. So I'm glad that she got to later on make more gospel-sounding music and ballads and things like that. that yeah. She showed off her voice. Yeah. I'm just but... going to stream all her songs now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? I feel like. Oh, I also, I really like her cover of, oh gosh, I'm so bad at song titles. Is it I'm Every Woman? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's yes. Every Woman. <laughs> it's all in me. There you go. A little bit of me singing, not very good, but. <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> I'm clapping. <laughs> <laughs> but they have that, I think, in the bodyguard. It's not really a scene, though. Like, a, yes. in a background. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. Sorry, this is just real 
I didn't know I Have Nothing was from the Bodyguard soundtrack. And when she gets a letter, he writes, oh, Rachel Harren, you have everything, I have nothing. And I was like, ah, I have nothing. <laughs> but then it was because of the song. She sings that song in the film. Is so that the song. one that they sing, like, she sings, like, four times? I think so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always sing it. It's <laughs> just a good mention about it. I Have Nothing, Queen of the Night were both up for the 1992 Best Original Song Oscar and they lost out to a whole new world in a lot I know. I no. don't know. I'm fuming about it. Yeah. That's I have not... nothing to no. <laughs> I love a whole new world. <laughs> Me but too. like, come on. Yeah. Okay, so we made it through all of the films and so now we're just going to talk about some of the roles we would have liked to have seen Whitney play. So I guess we could just go like back and forth. Yeah. You want to start? Yeah, okay. I know our fan casts don't have any like time frame for them, but I was thinking Mm -hmm. to myself, Whitney in the 90s, like obviously she was at her peak, early 90s. And as I'm saying this, I don't know if this film is early 90s. (laughs) Let me just double check it. Perfect. (laughs) Imagine if it's not. But I've actually seen this film, so it's fine. Okay. Oh yeah, it came out in 1990. That's fine. So I thought, what's a great classic in the same vein of Bodyguard, like, it's a romance but there's also a lot of other genres going on and I thought that Whitney would be good to replace Demi Moore in Ghost oh yeah just because I and I, I was thinking oh will she replace Whoopi no no one can replace Whoopi in that film <laughs> <laughs> never but, but yeah I don't know I just feel like she would make a like a good I don't know I just see her in it there's nothing against Demi Moore in it and I love Ghost have you seen Ghost? yeah awesome Ghost I like it, yeah. Such a good film. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking like nineties rom coms, but it's quite scary as well. Like, mm-hmm. ghost. like it, like the ending and stuff. And that only dies quite horrifically, isn't it? Yeah, it's shot. It's a lot it's different like a than what I thought it would be. I think he gets shot. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so dark. Like, it is. I don't know why, that just made me think of the bodyguards. So they're yeah. kind of like little cousins in a way. I thought, oh, yeah, give Whitney a bob, put her in. Yeah. I think she and Patrick Swayze would go really well together. I think so too. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And she would wear like all those 90s like mom jeans and stuff. <laughs> the mom jeans and the white button down. Yeah. Oh my God, they look. Perfect. <laughs> I think that's a good one yeah oh thank you <laughs> I wanted to see her in comedy like she never did a comedy which is okay. missed opportunity because I think she was really funny and this isn't like a straight up comedy but I thought something not this movie in particular because I love this movie just the way it is but like something in the vein of when Harry met Sally yeah just like adult relationship but not yeah. like the ones that we saw her dealing with. Nora Ephron would have been a good director for her. Yeah. If we saw how good she was with Penny Marshall, come on. Yeah. Even of a female director. I think she and Nora would go really well together. So I don't even think of that, but yeah, just something like a Nora Ephron rom-com. Yes. Yeah. Oh, 100% could see that for sure. Yeah. What else have you got? <laughs> I'm going to say... One I actually thought of as we were talking about one of her older films, 
Yeah. So when we're talking about the bodyguard and we're talking about how it has this meta and it's got Hollywood and stuff, it can make me think of A Star is Born. And oh, yeah. Obviously, we had it in the 30s, the 50s, and the 70s. And there was a massive jump until 2018. Why didn't we have one in the 90s? Yeah. And if we did have one in the 90s, Whitney Houston would have been in it. <laughs> yeah, she would have. But then I do fear it would have been a bit, little bit similar to The Bodyguard. But like, who cares? If I get to see Whitney sing in a film, I might. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. The leading man character would be different enough from yes. Frank. Because he would be yes. mean. Yes. <laughs> Maybe mean, yeah, and also in that industry because the mm-hmm. main thing about the bodyguard is that he's an outsider, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't know about like he doesn't want her to go out and stuff, and it's like that's the whole point of being a celebrity. So yeah, so it would be different actually. Thank yeah. you for saying that. Yeah, and she would be like not as sure of herself, and yeah, so that would have worked. I think it would favor. be different enough. Yeah, 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 and at the nineties because the first one. The first two are actors in it with Judy and the one in the 30s. And then mm-hmm. the 70s is a singer, like Barbara Streisand. So we could have had the 90s of a singer. Yeah. yeah. And like 70s and 90s are really different. So different. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It would have worked all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, didn't no, I think that's this. a good one. Even if it wasn't directly a star is born, like kind of something similar to that. Something in that bit. Bye. Yeah. Have you, what have you got? What else have you got? Okay, I don't know if you've heard of this movie, but it's very 80s. I thought it would have been good, okay. like, when she was younger, I guess it came out a couple years after she hit it big, replacing Kim Cattrall and Mannequin. Oh my god, wait, is Kim Cattrall the Mannequin? Yep. <laughs> oh my god. I've not seen it, I've not seen it, but oh my god, yes. <gasps> okay, good. It's fun. I like it. It's stupid. Like this man is in love with a mannequin who he turns into a human, but she might not yeah. really. I don't know. It's really weird. Yeah, is she a human? Like, where, where's the line? Can she consent? Yeah. Does yeah. she know? Oh my god, no. Yeah, no. Don't worry. It's like it's a consensual <laughs> no. relationship, but like oh. everybody else thinks he's in love with a mannequin. He's the only one that can see her like as a human. <laughs> So people on the street can see, oh my god, is that the thing? <laughs> it's honestly, you could easily turn this into a horror film. Oh, 100%. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. But I just think since 100%. Whitney really represented like that 80s, just yeah. 80s-ness and like that period. Yes. And she definitely, I mean, she was a model, so she has that build. And the soundtrack could have some of her songs on it or something. Yes. Yep. But of course, she didn't act in the 80s, which is a shame. I think she would have been really good in just some of those types of movies. I'm surprised. Thankfully, they didn't, because obviously this might have been too much. But I'm surprised they didn't push her into that. Like, because obviously they wanted to make this good girl next door image. You would have thought they would have made her like in everything. Yeah. Music, acting, get all those things checked off. Obviously, thank God they didn't. That would have been like so much. Mm -hmm. much. But yeah, like the one time that the label probably should have pushed yeah, because she fit that aesthetic so well. A lot of her songs were very of that decade. and Yep. Yeah, I don't know. That is interesting. I didn't really think about that. But I think it's only because, like, Kevin Costner, like, really wanted her to be in The Bodyguard. So yes. maybe she just wasn't even, like, looking in that no, avenue. Think, think. Yeah. 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 That would make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any... But also, I, I would recommend that movie if you did want to. Mannequin. Okay, yeah. 
Who plays the man in it? Andrew McCarthy. Who's the main guy? Okay. I need to watch Mannequin. I will. Yeah. Okay. I've got one more film. I'm going to one more. I thought this today. I don't know why this okay. popped into my head. Because I was thinking about musicals. We always, I always, well, at least I do. I always put people in musicals. I need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't really stop. It's fun. And it's actually quite funny because you mentioned this film oh. earlier in the pod. And I could not believe that. It's like replacing Meryl Streep in Into the Woods. <gasps> oh. I like that. You're in that like musical element, but also yeah. <laughs> now I can't remember that film a lot, and I don't think I actually finished it. But yeah, <laughs> like, I just feel like <laughs> the only thing I can remember is Meryl Streep and the Chris Pine bit with the song. That's funny. Oh. <laughs> when you mentioned that, I was like, <laughs> no, what? <laughs> Our minds. It's just they're too connected. Too yeah. connected. <laughs> Listen, I could pay homage to her being in Cinderella. Yes, they could have played on the outfit. Like it could have been yeah. really, like, kind of the thing. Because I like how she had the cape in Cinderella as well. I think connected to her yeah. fingers. Think about things like that. Oh, been perfect. I have a few more. Okay, just kind of yes. rattle them off. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't know if you've seen this movie, but it's another like late '80s movie, a rom com, a bit of a drama, but Working Girl and replacing Ooh. Melanie Griffith. Okay, not, I'm not seeing work. Okay. Very nice. I know you said we can't replace Whoopi, but I was thinking she would be really good in Sister Act. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Why was she not in Sister Act? I don't know. <laughs> what? What's going on? That's amazing. That's but, brilliant. I don't know. I rewatched that recently and I just felt like Whoopi was actually miscast. Interesting. The religious themes and stuff, I think, would have appealed to her. And um, yeah, yeah, we she can sing gospel. And, yeah, yep, hundred percent. Ah, that's incredible. It's amazing. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> yes. Um, but I won't take credit for that one because I saw that kind of floating around online. Oh my god, no, not my idea. Take but... credit for it. <laughs> you just want to it here. <laughs> True. This one. I just thought it would be fun, but Courtney Cox and Scream, like she would, I think she would be a good Gail. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Yeah. And I think Gail would have been really good because obviously they're like, Courtney Cox was a bit of a, I hate to use, she wasn't, but she was a bit of a nobody because mm-hmm. Friends was on here for 94 actually, so two years before, yeah. but like, she was still quite unknown. But I think it would have been beneficial to have the reporter be actually someone famous. The only like big star they have is like, Henry Winkler as the, 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 the I don't know, as the principal. Yeah. Like, else, yeah. like, they're all kind of young and new. <gasps> I think having an established actress, not established like celebrity, say, <gasps> would be perfect. Oh my God. Whitney in her horror era. Yeah. Yes. And yes. I could just see her like making all those quippy comebacks. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, you like that one. I wasn't sure. I, love I know that you were like Scream. So. I love it. <laughs> And then I have two more. So this one, I just thought because like she produced the Cheetah Girls. So I thought she could have also played Raven's character's mom in that. Nice. Um, Very nice. It's a small part, but it would just be fun. It would be a fun nod and also shows her to a different like generation in it. True. I love that. Yeah. 
And then I have one more. I don't know about this one either, but I think she would have been good as Velma in Chicago. Maybe that's Catherine Zeta Jones's character. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I like it. Okay, good. Because I think Look it would have been fun to see her in something like a little yes. more risque yeah. or period piece. The 20s, I feel like she really fit into that era. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And she can sing. So. Yeah. The understatement of the century. Yeah. <laughs> I like it a lot. I like that a lot. Those are so good. Oh, thanks. I'm pretty proud of those. Should be. I'm I'm so obsessed with the Get Web as well, honestly. That's brilliant. I just think it was because, like, I just would love to see her in all kinds of genres. And it's easy to see her in a lot of different genres, unlike a lot of the other actors we've covered. I don't know why that is. It's nice as well, though, was, like, just looking back on our films, it's nice that, like, we've mentioned this, like, to each other, that it's, like, just light and easy films. Like, I'm very glad that she got to make fun films. Yeah. Like, happy films. Yeah. So it must have been nice on set as well, like, so things like that just makes me feel a bit happier. I know, obviously, a lot of the onset, offset stuff, but I don't know. It's just not, it's nice to see her happy and in nice films. Yeah, it is. And just acting with some of the same people and a lot of women and yeah. things we were missing out with some of our other subjects yeah that's so true that's really yeah. true and also uh, and something i noticed as well which is amazing is that the majority of our cast in these films were like black actors and i just like because that's happened in the 90s it's brilliant you don't even see that now like it sucks so much yeah so i was really i love to see that yeah well that was amazing and I think Love she her. really made an effort to do that as well, like with her yes. production company. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Never forgot who she was. And I no. just think that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so fun. Yeah. That I was love good. her. And Me like, too. I wish she was still around today. Like, I really yeah. do. She definitely just feels so like non-existent, if that makes sense, but like in a good way, like not of this earth or something yes yeah yeah, yeah. there's an, a heavenly being pretty much i'm glad we got to see like i am yeah. so happy we did get whitney yeah amazing yeah i mean she had nine albums i think and soundtrack albums yep yep all bangers yeah and like, if you don't like her films okay fine but if you don't like That's her you. songs no. <laughs> her songs are just amazing just yeah like, oh yeah, if you like her films, listen to her songs. Like, you'll be a fan. You'll definitely be a fan. Yeah. And she just, I don't know what, like, she did or knew, but there's just something about her voice. So captivating. Just so unlike any other singer I've ever heard before. Yeah, so one of a kind. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And make sure to check out Whitney's stuff. There's lots of things on YouTube you can watch. And next week, we're going to be talking about the 2022 biopic, I Want to Dance with Somebody, which should be interesting. (laughs) Oh, it'll be very fun. (laughs) Yeah. We're also going to have Louise do her six degrees of separation. (laughs) That should also be interesting. (laughs) Gonna be fun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll see you guys next week. This episode was co-hosted and edited by me, Audrey Cornell, 
and co-hosted by Louise Coleman. The music was written by Nia D'Amelio. Gone But Not Forgotten is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. Thank you.